What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the NerdWide Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Haynes, with my good friend and co-host, Mr. Chris Rivers. Chris, it's been two weeks. We have a lot of news to talk about, but I got to ask something first. How confident are you in your NFL draft this week coming up? I mean, you're playing my wife or my dad, so again, low bar. And I mean, low bar. He's never played before, so. I mean, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, and then your daughter the next week. Mm-hmm. Again, so. low er bar. Just, <laughs> just could go ahead and say it, you know. <laughs> your whole family pretty much is in this thing. I mean, yeah, Stella's a little not old enough to do it, but or she could have. I think she was helping you make some of your picks. You never know. That one. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, she's a Bengals fan, so she said, No, nah, absolutely not. She will be disowned from this family and never allowed to enter the doors. Uh, quick housekeeping real quick. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe to either our YouTube or podcasting service of your choice. If you enjoy the show, make sure you leave us a thumbs up on YouTube or give us a good rating on whatever podcasting apps you use. If you don't enjoy what you see or hear, make sure you leave us a comment down below. Let us know how we can improve this show. If you want to go that extra mile like one of you already have, you can go to patreon.com slash nerdwide. Three different tiers for three different monetary values. A lot of different goodies and perks and things your way if you subscribe that way. And any amount you give, we really do appreciate it. But Chris, for real though. How's the past two weeks been for you? Busy. Busy? And, you know. Busy. Um, we start overtime this week at work. Um, yeah. Don't like and, that. Uh, but for, for what? For Labor Day. <laughs> we got we got a, uh, a four-day weekend. So I've been off since Friday. I'll get. Oh, look Friday. at you. Yeah, I'm I'm off tomorrow for Monday, so I, mean, I don't know what to do with myself. I was telling you earlier in the pre-show while we're, while we're just talking, I started the Northman, and I got about halfway through it and was about to fall asleep. I said, nope, not doing that. This is also the movie I wanted to go see in theaters. I almost went and saw by myself, but I was like, I don't have time for this right now. Um, so I'm probably going to finish the other half tonight. So live feeds on Big Brother, haven't been watching much. It's just It's gone down to like, I think it's eight, seven or eight people. It's just kind of boring right now with that few people you know i'm used to 16 different conversations going on everywhere people doing different things now it's just kind of boring and it's a lot of the people i'm not particularly fond of so i'll just watch it when it comes to big brother jamie still watches it not as much but still we've you know we've had football games to go to for high school um it's been birthdays we've got my birthday coming up this next saturday we've got Zoe's birthday coming up at the end of the month, and the week directly after Estelle's birthday, and then we go to Florida. This is our busy part of the year, but it's my favorite part because, you know, Halloween's around the corner. Uh, we've already got all of our Football. Halloween decorations out. Football comes back this week. Uh, Vanderbilt's 2-0 and for SEC, I mean, for the uh, for college. So, I mean, we're, my baseball team is dead in the mud, but, you know, everything else is we're, you know, we're looking good. So, <laughs> Our baseball team still has a shot. Uh, you know, just that's fine. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Chris, have you been watching anything else other than our She-Hulk weekly shows? Uh, I've been seeing a lot of Law and Order reruns. Really, which is, is cool because it's something to have on while I'm, you know, yeah, doing other stuff. Um, and I always like that show. Um, 
but I've also been keeping up with American Horror Stories. I'm trying to think. This, I know this week's Jamie hasn't said much about. This week's was called Necro. Oh. Um, very interesting episode. Girl works in a uh, funeral home preparing the bodies. Hmm. Um, you get a you get a flashback scene at the start of the episode of this little girl kind of sort of uh, partaking of a bodily fluid from okay. a de- deceased person, and it's like what you find out in the episode that it's the main character. She was left with her mother's body for three days. Uh, her mother was killed. Oh. She didn't know. She was too young to understand her mom had been killed. She thought she had gone to sleep or fallen and, and just hit her head. And so to survive, she was drinking her mother's milk. Okay. Which was, yeah. I mean, and then, okay. But it, it, it messes her up. And that <laughs> couldn't imagine why. Of- could not imagine why. <laughs> that comes out over the course of the episode, but entertaining episode. I think it might be the best one that they've done mm. in, in in a few. So that's um, exciting. Jamie really yeah. likes like the the one off stories. She's really yeah. enjoying because you know it's like a. I'm trying to think what show does that really well too. I've already lost it. It was on the tip of my tongue that I lost it, but. And um, I kind of like that, but I'm also a big fan of continuation stories. Obviously, big MCU fan and right. continuing of these this universe, which we have that to talk about coming up for episode two and three that we're about to talk about. Um, as far as TV, I have been watching the Game of Thrones spinoffs, House of the Dragon. And let me tell yeah. you, phenomenal show. Like they, they took Game of Thrones seasons one through six elevated you know the bar was set low for seven and eight so elevated those seasons um budgets out of the world i forget how much it is but it is a phenomenal show and the new episode comes out tonight so debating on watching it tonight depends if the kids go to bed earlier or not so we'll see what happens there yeah but chris we got some fun things to talk about she hulk episode two superhuman law again going into full spoilers here that's how we do here on the nerdwide podcast for our recaps we're going to a new site this week and this is highonfilms.com by i'm sorry i know i'm butchering this person's name rohit avra mahumdar and we're starting out with episode two picks up right where the first episode ended. The world has found a new superhero and they're calling her She-Hulk. Jen is not fond of that name, but it also feels good about using her power to save civilians in court from Titania. Titania. I'm always going to get that wrong. I don't know why I want to say Titania, but I want to. Um, Jen's phase of feeling good about herself doesn't last long. In the same bar where people were chanting the name of She-Hulk and celebrating her arrival, she gets fired from her law firm by her boss due to losing the case thanks to saving the jury along with everyone else, and eventually the case goes to a mistrial. Soon we see Jen looking for new jobs at various law firms, but nobody wants to hire her, and her superpower actually becomes an obstacle for her. Nikki keeps supporting her throughout the whole time and being a true fan. Friend, I'm going to put a pause there because when she's looking at these news articles online on the computer, there are um, 
news articles like you see on a normal website of things to click, you know, hey, these are other stories we're talking about. One was the the um, giant eternal, is that right? No, not eternal, celestial. celestial in the ocean. No one's, you know, we haven't talked about that since the Eternals last year, and nobody in these shows have talked about it. But there's also one at the very tippity top. Go see the movie. Right. And the, so, but at the top, there is a very strange one that I, I'm very curious to see what they do with, because they're, they're teasing it. So you know there's something yeah. coming along, and I wonder if D23 this week is where they put it, because they don't, MCU doesn't do this just offhandedly. But it says, uh, man gets in bar fight with silver claws. Hmm. What superhero drinks a lot at bars and has silver silver claws, Chris? I thought silver claw was a new drink. I, I don't. Oh, oh no! It's Wolverine, Chris. Wolverine, not, oh, not it, the alcohol. <laughs> I thought silver claw was uh, white claws. Oh, just you know, off brand. Or alcohol, oh. it doesn't. Makes sense, but uh, I think they're teasing Wolverine there. I'm really excited because I'm pretty sure there's been some rumors and leaks this week. Um, I didn't put it in there because we don't talk about leaks or rumors that much on the show. But there's like a rumor and and um, that all the mutants and the Fantastic Four is going to be revealed this week at D23. I don't particularly believe it because they've got they said there's a whole bunch of casting news that they've got Denzel Washington. Um, Henry Cavill, um, some people from, there's like someone from Game of Thrones in there, I already forgot, but there's a whole list of like 10 to 11 people that are all rumored to be uh, announced this weekend, and I'm like, maybe. Henry Cavill, I can see. Uh, Denzel Washington, also can see, but um, I don't know, so we'll find out. I'm really excited about that. Also, that's going to be next week, everybody, so we're going to have a big, big show, and I can't wait. We might even do our uh, little trailer watch along like we did for uh, SDCC. Yeah. Uh, but back to the show. Uh, a now an Al unemployed and morally down Jen visits her family for a family dinner, which also doesn't go that well for her. Hilarious scene. This whole yeah. scene was so funny, and nobody really cared that she's She Hulk, and I laughed so hard at this whole thing. Uh, however, her father takes her away and encourages her, which makes her feel like a little bit better. Jen's fortune changes very soon when a lo- at a local bar she's offered a job by Holden Holloway, a famous lawyer and partner in the GLK and H firm, the same law firm against who Jen was fighting in her last case. So, back to the dinner scene. I laugh so hard when I think it's her cousin or it's her brother. It's one of the two. Brother, I think. Yeah, he says he's got a managerial job at Best Buy. And yeah. she's like, I'm the She-Hulk and things like that. And everyone's talking about the managerial role. It's just so it's so brother-sisterly thing. But, like, they've already got a Hulk in the family, so, like, nobody really cares about She-Hulk. It's just so funny to me. Yeah, it's, it's also an interesting dynamic, right? Because she, outside of the family, she doesn't want anyone to see her that way. Mm-hmm. She wants to make it on her own. But when she's around her family, it's like, okay, I, I want to talk about this to somebody. Right. And none of them are really. No. <laughs> I mean, it's in the post credit scene of this, but like she's helping the lift the TV up where it's level and everything, putting the TV back where it goes. It's just so, some of the dumb stuff. It's just so funny. Like, they get it. 
Um, Jen gladly accepts the job, but with the condition that she gets to hire her own paralegal, which would be Nikki. Mr. Holloway doesn't disapprove of her demand. The next day, though, she finds out she got the job because of her She-Hulk persona, and she's actually hired to represent the superhero client section of the firm. This makes her disappointed again, but she goes on with the job with Nikki's encouragement. She also meets Augustus, a fellow lawyer at the firm, who seems to be very enthusiastic and friendly. Um, funny, because like this job has a lot of money. Pays her a lot more money. It's got a great view, her home big office and everything. And honestly, I think it's it's awesome. A superhero, like you're still being a superhero, but you're still doing what you love and do, which is being uh, a lawyer, which is the whole first episode. She was like, no, I'm going to be a lawyer still. I'm not being a superhero. And the combined, I, it's, I know it's that the whole show is revolved around, but it's such a cool concept. I really enjoy that. Uh, Jen soon hits another obstacle. She finds out the Holloway that from Holloway that her first client is none other than Emil Blonsky slash Abomination, the same person who once tried to kill her cousin Bruce. Sitting in a conflict of interest, she refuses to take him as a client, but Holloway says if she doesn't take Blonsky as a client, then she doesn't have her job. He suggests she meets Blonsky once before deciding. Following that, Jen goes to visit Blonsky in the Maximum Security Prison, which is the same one from Shang-Chi. We'll get to that in the third episode. She is surprised to find out that's just Emil who's not in his abomination persona. Emil doesn't hesitate to talk about his uh, his tryst with Bruce and tells Jen that he was just following the government's order. He also blames his abomination persona and further actions on the super soldier serum. Again, not wrong. Blonsky claims that he chooses not to be a, a chooses not to be abomination anymore and even has his amends with all his victims by sending them haikus. Even send one to Bruce, uh, which we do talk about here. Uh, after talking to Blonsky, Jen calls Bruce to check if he's okay with her taking Blonsky as a client, but Bruce doesn't seem to have any problem with that. He says that he doesn't hold a grudge anymore, and he's a new man now. He even mentioned that Blonsky has sent him a beautiful letter along with a haiku. <laughs> when Jennifer asks Bruce if he is visiting anytime soon, he says he might not happen, and we see him being in a spaceship in space. So, don't know what's going on there. Um, but... The crap, the Marvels. I mean, I don't know what we can see Bruce next, but he is in space just like Nick Fury is. So, very curious to see what happens there. Is it? There's three things it could be. It could be Guardians. Mm-hmm. It could be the Marvels, or it could be Secret Invasion. Ooh, keep him kind of like as a. Oh, I like that. That may make sense more. Yeah, I like that. That's a good call, Chris. If you get that right, we're gonna start putting your theories online and getting a lot of money. Um, what? <laughs> Jen calls Holloway and tells him that she has taken Blonsky as a client. Holloway gets elated and asks her to put on the television. Jen does so and finds out the news about Abomination breaking free of prison and sees footage of him fighting someone in an underground cage, obviously from Shang-Chi. In the mid-credit scene, we see Jen helping her family with the daily life chores, making things easier thanks to her super strength. Very strong second episode, in my opinion. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm really high on this show, more so than I thought it would be. Same way that I was with uh, Miss Marvel. Uh, really enjoyed the first episode, and I felt like it kept going well up until like that seventh one, which kind of really fell flat for me. But so far, all of these are bangers. So let's jump right into episode three, titled uh, The People vs. Emil Blonsky. Very good, uh, very good title. Uh, let's see. Jen goes to prison and confronts Blonsky about the prison escape and underground cage fighting footage. Blonsky, in response, says that he was freed from the prison against his will, but came back to serve his full sentence on his own. He says it was Wong, a.k.a. the Sorcerer Supreme, who freed him and took him to the underground cage. Jen goes back to her office and tries to contact Wong. Meanwhile, Holloway calls her and asks her to visit him. Upon visiting Holloway... 
Jen is surprised to see her former colleague Bukowski there. It is eventually revealed that Bukowski is there as a client who wants legal help to deal with the case of a fraud where he's the victim of an Asgardian shapeshifter who impersonated Megan the Stallion. Jen laughs at Bukowski while Pug takes him as a client. Right at this point, Wong makes a dramatic entrance. Hilarious. And from what I understand, this whole Megan the Stallion thing was brought on from Tatiana, which I thought was hilarious. Um, hold on, let's see. Um, now I'm trying to let's see who played Adrian Chase. I always forget his name in Arrow. It is uh, Simon Morrison, who plays uh, Pug. Again, love this character, and I hope he does not turn out to be a bad guy. So we will see, because everything he plays in, he's a bad guy. And I'm hoping this show is going to be different. Uh, Jane goes back Maybe. to her. I'm, I'm hoping, man. It's Jamie even mentioned. She goes, every time we see him in a show, he's a bad guy. I'm like, he's a real good lawyer here. Hopefully not. Uh, Jen goes back to her office and tries to contact Wong. Uh, wait, we've already done that. Wong tells Jen that he's indeed freed Blonsky out of prison just to test his limit of power against abomination. He promises to give his testimony in favor of Blonsky in the parole hearing. Meanwhile, the Asgardian shapeshifter impersonates Bukowski and tries to convince Pug to drop the case, but Pug is smart enough to figure that out. In the parole hearing, Jen talks about all the good things Blonsky has done ever since he has been imprisoned. Both Jen and Blonsky manage to answer every query of the parole committee adequately. However, the prison escape thing still remain a concern, but after Wong finally arrives, he was very, very late, by the way, um, and testifies the doubt that was also cleared. The parole committee also showed concern over Blonsky, randomly turning into abomination and rampaging, to which Blonsky turned him to abomination in front of them and shows that he can actually control it. Jen gives her final statement where she says that it only proves that Blonsky could actually break out of prison if he wanted to, but he chose the path of completing his sentence. The parole committee eventually awards Blonsky's release based on everything. The news media keeps writing fake stories about Jen, the origin of her power and her relationship with Blonsky, which does does seem to bother Jen a little bit. Very funny. They said she uh, got pregnant with Blonsky, and it's the same thing that happened in our world right now. You know what I mean? Uh, just disgusting. Uh, but both Blonsky and Nikki suggest she give an interview and clear the air about her. Jen, after hesitating a bit, finally goes into an interview, which mostly works out for her. On the other side, Pug manages to prove that Bukowski is actually an extremely stupid, ignorant man who could very well be fooled by a shapeshifter thanks to Jen's testifying about her personal experience with Bukowski while the two were colleagues. Uh, while returning home in the evening, Jen is attacked by a group of people with weapons that she recognizes as things from some Asgardian construction site. Uh, put a pin in there. That's awesome that the Asgardians are doing a uh, constructions with magical weapons and everything. So, I mean... Whatever works. I mean, we're in L.A., though. New Asgard's in, like, New Zealand. So, I mean, or uh, Norway, actually. So, I'm like, don't know how this is getting populated throughout the world. But I guess, you know, they might trade in commerce. You know, whatever. Uh, Jin easily fights these people off as She-Hulk, and they run away. One of them tries to pierce Jin's skin with something, but doesn't work out well for him. The others address him as Thunderball. In the final scene of the episode, Jin sees her reflection in the window of her car. They, uh, the guy Thunderball and this Thunderball and this whole gang are trying to, I guess, get her blood. I guess to get powers from her, because they said the boss isn't gonna be happy about this. Which I'm like, okay, we're kind of setting up a little bit of a, uh, hug. yeah, a little, little bit of a villain here. And then the mid credit scene, we see Megan the Stallion and She Hulk twerking together. Hilarious. A lot of people up in up in arms about this, but I'm like, come on, guys. It's a TV show. Like, we gotta we gotta stop being like this. 
Um, again, really enjoying She-Hulk as a whole. And I know they're like 30-ish episode, minute episodes, but they're fun. I don't feel like they're that short either. Like, I feel like they do well with the pacing of everything. Obviously, we want more, but we're getting more. So it's just a good show in general. I'm trying to place this in the timeline. Right. So we know, like, we got the mention of New Asgard. Mm-hmm. But if it happens before Thor, then the God Butcher hasn't happened yet. Right. But we're right we, after, like, it almost seems like a right after Shang-Chi because of the whole leak fight footage come, that came out. So, I mean, it's after Shang-Chi. Right. I'm trying to think. Let's see. It's. Okay. So the. Uh, the writer we, Jessica we, Gao. We know, we know what's after Spider Man. Yes, right. which because Wong said like he said I don't want to make people forget. He goes I don't want to do that again. Do are we do we assume that he knows who Spider Man is? Still. Yeah, I, I would think so because he's a sorcerer. Right, that's how I took it because he goes I don't want to go through that again. I'm like, so he knows then, right? So he knows who Spider Man is, which he knows. Yeah. So I'm like, hmm. And and it probably places I would assume it places this after Doctor Strange. Right. So I mean, it's it, it's very confusing cuz like the um so head writer Jessica Gao says to TV line uh, confirmed that She-Hulk is set soon after Shang-Chi. She says it's not like years later, but she said it is a relatively short amount of time after there. So I guess months after Shang-Chi. So so all that had to take place then immediately after because right. Wong, unless he did a memory spell mm. on somebody. Yeah, okay. Uh, but but it, based it, on what we know. They're going to have to start putting dates in all their movies and shows. I'm just going to be honest here. <laughs> I've got to quit gotta, there, so we can understand these things. There may be some, but we just didn't see. Mm. Like, there may be one on the internet site right seeing all the news stories or... oh, that's a good point because we know hawkeye and spider-man both take place during that christmas time of the same year so because the statue the musical uh anyways that was she hulk episode two and three can't wait for next week's episode and weeks after that because i really like the show so does stella yeah. Stella stella loves she hulk so how many episodes do we get in this i think it's 12 if I'm not mistaken, because like one of the okay. it's the longest ones, but then again, like all of episodes like 30 minutes, so right. Um, which I kind of like the whole um, law case of the week story we've got kind of going on here. Yeah, I I'm I'm down for that. Which begs the question though, how does Daredevil get into L.A. Because this is set in L.A. Daredevil's in Hell's Kitchen. How does this translate? Yeah, I did, I do worry a little bit because. This episode had what, like, four moments where she breaks the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want them to use it too much. Right. You know. Well, oh, the one she did say, she goes, uh, "What are you expecting a cameo? This isn't gonna be one of those cameo a week kind of shows." And then yeah. she started listing all the cameos per episode. And she goes, "Huh?" And then just turned to the normal conversation. So she's like, 
just remember whose show this really was. Right. And it's just so good. Like, I, I absolutely love it. The, the writing is just perfect. Okay. Into the news. House of the Dragon debut drew in 2.6 million U.S. households, which is the highest same-day viewership of any cable or streaming premiere in 2022. And then the week after uh, the premiere, Season 2 has been ordered and will be um, going, which just makes me so excited. Can I just say that that's more people than went to see Morbius at the box office? All right. You know, it's probably at home, too. Uh, King Kong series is in development at Disney+. Plus. I'm going to Variety.com by Joe Otterson for this one. A live-action series about the origin of King Kong is in early development at Disney+. Plus. Variety has confirmed the series would be a serialized drama that would explore Kong's origins as well as the mysteries of his home, Skull Island. The series would be based on the original King Kong, written by Marion C. Cooper, as well as the novelizations by artist Joe DeVito, produced in conjunction with Cooper's estate. Awesome. So, for all you uh, Monsterverse people out there. Right? No, no, no. Titanverse is what they are. Uh, next one here is a little bit exciting. The next couple of... The next two are really exciting. The, the fourth one's going to be real fun for both of us. Umbrella Academy gets a season four, and it is announced it will be its final season. Um, I'm pretty sure the reason being is for this next little tidbit. Showrunner Steve Blackman will be developing the live-action Horizon Zero Dawn series at Netflix. I can't wait. From what this showrunner has done with the Umbrella Academy, 100% glad with this. And I I can't wait to see what comes out of it over the next couple of weeks and months. Casting news, who's all going to be involved. I'm really excited about it. But if it's going to be like anything Umbrella Academy, I'm down. And then a fun one here as well. Jeffrey Dean Morgan joins the boys season four. I'm going to Deadline.com by Rosie Cordero. JDM uh, from The Walking Dead, Supernatural, has joined the cast of the Amazon's The Boys for Season 4 as a rec recurring guest star. Details regarding the character he will play remain under wraps, obviously. His work on the series will reunite Morgan with Supernatural creator Eric Kripke, who serves as showrunner of The Boys. During his time on the CW series, he portrayed John Winchester in a recurring capacity, which was Dean's uh, dad, who is also Jensen Ackles, who we had last season. And I am so excited. Um, Crippy recently spoke about his attempts to secure Morgan's participation in the new season, telling E! News, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is a super fan of the show, so he and I are talking. We're trying to figure out something for season four. Nothing finalized yet, but he and I are chatting and emailing and seeing it, seeing how we can make it work with his busy schedule. So stay tuned. That was during an interview about season three. So, sounds out, turns out they got that. So, he's obviously going to play a bad guy. <laughs> maybe it's, maybe it's Soldier Boy's father, wouldn't that be funny? Mm. Just keep going back this time, back to parentage, you know. <laughs> um, some sad news for you Resident Evil fans out there. And the Netflix, uh, Netflix has canceled uh, the Resident Evil TV series uh, after one season. Apparently, did not do well. So uh, I didn't watch it. I probably should have. I'm not going to now. Now that I know it's canceled. So I don't know. I'll, I might be more likely to check it out now. So mm -hmm. since it's just kind of one I know and done. It well, yeah. hopefully they don't have like a big uh, cliffhanger at the end that we have to have answers for. But uh, some other news here: Harley Quinn gets renewed for a season four. We are going to start watching that at some point. Hope maybe this year. We'll see. But, you know, we've got we got ten weeks of fun things coming up. So, yeah. Uh, Paramount and our next and last story here: Paramount and Showtime are combining into a single streaming app. We're going to GQ.com by Grant uh, Reiner. 
In the modern streaming age, Showtime and Paramount Plus have struggled to get the buzz and attention of giants like Netflix, Disney Plus, and HBO Max. Now, their parent company, Paramount Global, has decided to merge their strengths by bundling Showtime and Paramount Plus together into one app with a discount for new subscribers. Until October 1st, you can either get both services with limited ads for $7.99 a month or ad-free for $12.99 a month. On October 1st, prices return to $11.99 with ads and $14.99 without. So, just some streaming news out there for you guys. Showtime always have a lot of good things on their uh, platform. So, yeah, that would be stuff like what Dexter and mm. any of the old Showtime series. Will... I'm trying to think. No, I'm thinking of Stars. A lot of my favorite shows came from Stars. And then Dexter, though, hasn't Netflix had him? Is it Netflix or Hulu? Or might been, it might have been Hulu because that's where Jamie watched them all. Because when she was uh, out with Stella uh, for maternity leave, that's all she watched was Dexter. So, you know, gets the blood pumping. Uh, releases this week, <laughs> September 4th to September the 11th. September 10th, also my birthday. Everyone remember? So, we'll, we'll go there. But Netflix heard me. They said, Tyler, we know you cover our coverage really well. You like a lot of our movies, not some. Uh, looking at you at Thunder Force. Uh, but we want to give you a birthday gift a day early. So Friday, September 9th, Cobra Kai Season 5 drops on Netflix. And everyone keeps asking me, Tyler, what are you doing for your birthday? Well, I think we already know the answer to that one. So, okay. All right, everybody. I might stop for dinner and the uh, D23 conference. I might stop there. But there's also something that happens in gaming on Saturday as well. So we'll talk about that shortly. So. You got all the hookups for your birthday this Listen, year. Listen, I, I just had to call everybody in. You know, it's I, I told Kevin, you know, he listens to the show. He said, oh, let's do it this weekend because, you know, he's not doing anything else. Um, but that's it for TVs. <laughs> oh, God. All right, let's see. Uh, film, right? So first, uh, we got to ask, Tyler, have you watched anything else? Half of the Northmen. Half and- of the Northmen? And from what I've seen, I'm trying to think, do I want to restart it? It's all all or nothing. You may as well. I mean. Yeah. Watch Game of Thrones and then go into Northmen. I also want to watch The Rings of Power, the Lord of the Rings show. Kind of want to watch it. But I also want to go back and rewatch all the movies first because I haven't seen them since I was like in middle school. So yeah. it's, it's a struggle, man. There's a lot There's a lot going on right now. Next yeah. week, everything happens, day 23. Um, you basically need to take a week off from work. Well, I'm going to, but we're going to Florida, and it's oh. kind of frowned upon to go to the beach and watch TV and movies the whole time. So, but... By uh, who? Right. Well, you know, the, the family. Hey, let's go out to the beach. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. I'm just going to watch a couple seasons of shows here today. Hey, you, <laughs> you, need, you need to get some glasses where you can watch the show right last and everybody thinks you're just asleep or something or i could take my vr headset there you go. <laughs> lay on the beach <laughs> i'll come back to record that sunday and just this will be white and everything else will be like red burnt or something <laughs> that was good it's a good vacation chris <laughs> watched all my movies <laughs> there you go <laughs> what about you have you seen anything uh i haven't seen no, I've just been so busy with stuff. Mm. Um, Over time, you know, no big deal. Yeah, all, all kinds of things. Um, <laughs> no, just the movie we're going to watch for this week, which was, as you can tell from the background behind me, right? 
George Romero's 1968 classic Night of the Living Dead. Um, now, I've seen this a number of times. First time? Uh, first time for Tyler. Um, the story basically is, as you find out over the course of the movie, a satellite that was supposed to come back to Earth did not quite make it, exploded, and the radiation from said satellite has reanimated the corpses um, all across, we presume, the Earth. Mm -hmm. We don't find out for sure, for sure, sure, but we're seeing reports from various states all across uh, all across the country. Um, it's as far as D.C., right? They have a scene that's mm -hmm. shot. <laughs> the general. Capital. Yeah, the general. <laughs> the U.S. Capitol in the background. Uh, but basically, for those people that haven't seen the movie, you've probably seen this one scene, or you've seen it parodied and stuff, uh, where there's a, a young guy with glasses in the cemetery saying they're coming to get you Barbara mm -hmm. and never knew what else from until now that's from this movie um, and that's how it starts we see the brother and sister going to put flowers on their father's grave and she's unnerved by the cemetery and her brother Johnny uh, starts kind of picking at her about it and he happens to look over and see this guy walking through who obviously isn't right Mm -hmm. You know, something's wrong with this dude, the way he's walking. <laughs> he's like, look, they're coming for you now. Right. And she goes up to apologize to the guy, and he just grabs her. And that's when you know right. it's, on, it's on and popping. So after that, everywhere they go, there's Johnny gets, gets killed. Yeah, he gets just thrown into a tombstone, just immediately yeah. in that corner. And I'm like, oh, he's done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We do see him again, though, yes. towards the very end. Um. She makes it to a farmhouse where she discovers a corpse that is not coming back to life. No, that one's it's, been dead for a hot minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she she got ripped apart. Um, and over the course of the film, we meet, I think it's six other people that uh, are trying to hide out from the zombies. Um, yeah. And uh, it's very... One thing that's very interesting about the movie, and I kind of want to... Let me. I want to get her name right, um, because it's what we like to do here. Through Barbara. Yeah, Judith, Judith O'Day. Yeah. She she really gives an interesting performance, right? Because for a, a bunch of the scenes, she's catatonic almost. Yeah. She's just kind of sitting there, just stone. Could out. have swore she was turning into a zombie. By the way, the whole time I was like, ah, oh, she she got bit or something's going on here. The first time I watched it, I was thinking that I was like, she must have gotten bit, and she's feeling the effects yeah. of it or something. But no, she's just—it's shock, mm -hmm. basically, at what's going on. Dwayne Jones plays Ben, um, and that kind of drives the main thing with this story. This is made in 1968, mm -hmm. and Dwayne Jones is black, right. And the only black person in the whole movie. Yeah. But for 1968, and this guy's the hero of the film, basically. He's mm -hmm. he's the guy who's boarding up all the windows. He's the one thinking ahead of what they've got to do. Like, 
knocking girls yeah. out knocking girls out you know <laughs> hey she, that was brutal was, i was like oh this is what going, what, what year was this made <laughs> she's going hysterical at one point and she slaps him i think it's when she's wanting to go get johnny yeah she's like oh we uh, left him and, there we can't just leave him there yeah. and he's like he's dead and she slaps him and he just <laughs> dude he back. rears back and nails her <laughs> uh, i was like oh that kind of been taken well back then <laughs> Knocked her out for a while. Yeah, she's out for a minute. Uh, but that's the thing. George Romero does this so differently, and for years people have kind of broken the film down. Uh, it was a commentary on Vietnam. If you watch the original black and white version, it's made to sort of look like almost like newsreel footage mm. uh, of reports we were getting from Vietnam and how. We really shouldn't have been doing what we were doing. Yeah. Over there. Should have been over there. And then uh, you have the civil rights aspect that centers around the Ben character being this strong leader and hero in this situation um, who survives the zombies, right? He's the only one, spoiler, in the house. If you hadn't seen it in 50 years, you know, you need to reevaluate yourself, uh, the Haynes household. uh, so <laughs> but, uh, he survives the zombies mm-hmm. he survives the whole thing and then he doesn't know who's outside when the the national guard and people start coming mm-hmm. up so he's got the shotgun and he kind of looks out the window they hear him move and they shoot him dead probably the most frustrating thing about this whole damn movie was the ending for me they shoot him dead, and it's it's kind of one of those things, though, that where Romero seemed to be saying that look, kind of still goes on today. Mm-hmm. We don't wait to find out what's going on. Someone looks different from us. We attack. Mm-hmm. And, we just assume and, and go on. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that and they never they never think to look at it and go, hey, this guy doesn't look like he was dead before. Hey, this guy's holding a gun. <laughs> <laughs> and pointing it at us, you know. He he doesn't look like he was dead. Right. We probably did, we probably killed a living person right here. Mm-hmm. Um, but phenomenal film. I gave it five stars on Letterboxd. Mm. It's definitely worth a watch. This is sort of the the film that launched the zombie. Uh, that that was my question. Is this like our first zombie movie? It's the first of this type of zombie. Okay. Uh, I believe because there's there's older movies. There's an old Bella Lugosi movie called White Zombie. Um, it's basically um, the voodoo type zombies. Gotcha. You know, essentially where someone's just under mind control or what have you. Mm. Oh, okay. So this- Here we go, Chris. Let's talk about Night of the Living Dead, 1968 version, ladies and gentlemen. Her- Virgin? Virgin. Virgin. So we got to the point, let's see, what point was it? When the, so we watched the black and white version up until the point where the other group comes from the basement. And then, you know, we had to pause it a lot because, you know, we got kids and life's going on. And so I was like, when I paused it, there was like an ad for um, the colored version. 
I'm kind of curious in that. So that's Jamie Shaw's okay. That's dope. So we flipped it over and we watched the color version for the last half of the movie. Mainly I wanted to see the special effects for that time and things like that. It was very, I, you know, I don't mind black and white movies, but I just wanted to see the difference. Um, the zombies were fun. Like they were, they were actually smart. Barbara, not so much. Um, she, she killed me this whole movie. I really like the Ben character. He, like, him taking initiative. Like, no, 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 we're not going to go do that. And he goes, if you want to go stay in the basement, you can stay in the basement. He goes, I'm not doing that. He goes, yeah. um, again, I would stay up in the house, too. You've got all these windows, sure. But if you go down to the basement, where else can you go? You're, you're done. You're trapped. You're, that's it. Um, uh, Carl Hardman played Harry Cooper. Got on my absolute last nerves the whole movie. Uh, I would have kept throwing Molotov cocktails afterwards. For the little scene. Uh, my favorite death, though, when they, I think they made it this way on purpose, was the mom, Helen Cooper, getting killed by the daughter. And, like, they, they stayed on that for quite a while. I really liked that. It, and then the ending, the ending sold me out, took me out of the whole thing. And I said, did we really just watch that whole thing? Ben's doing all this great stuff. Um, goes to the window, looks out, and starts, you know, pointing the weapon just to be on the safe side, and just gets shot, just dead. And falls and then credits. I was like, huh. I mean, yeah. okay. So uh, I gave this three and a half stars on Letterboxd. I did enjoy it. It was a uh, a fun film, especially for like the origin, the origins of a lot of, you know, zombie horror flicks. And, and it, it was fun. Like it was just, it wasn't a big set. It wasn't big, anything crazy like that. You stayed in one house in the, or that property, the, the majority of the movie. Uh, yeah. You had people dealing with things. That the the craziest death to me was the truck blowing up with the two people in it. I was like, huh? I mean, they don't make vehicles like they used to, you know. <laughs> well, not only that, but all right, she's not even supposed to be out there. Right, that made me so much. I have to go with him. Why? They're not He's leaving you. <laughs> right. No, so she's not supposed to be out there. And then because her jacket gets hung on, yeah. <laughs> I, I assume the doorknob right. on the passenger door, she can't figure out how to get it off there in time to get out of the truck. Oh. They both die. Which, to be fair, it exploded very, fairly quickly after her saying that. I was like, yeah. okay, I'll, they're probably going to drag this out. She's going to be one of those dumb things where she can't get somehow, doesn't know how to take off the jacket. I was like, oh, okay. She didn't really get a chance to take off the jacket. So, yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm fine with that. But it was fun. Those uh, some boobs. Everyone likes to see some boobs in movies. Yeah. Boobs and butt. Yeah, boobs yeah. and butt. So uh, I. It was very. <laughs> apparently, this person was buried, buried naked. I guess. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I took it as having relations because there was a couple of guys and boxers and stuff. So I was like, okay, you know, they were oh, well, having yeah. some fun. That's how I took it. Maybe they all got. <laughs> maybe they all got zombified at an orgy right you know it, it can happen chris i mean i've, I've heard i've heard tales so the, <laughs> I, I think my favorite sort of moment though um was when the uh the little girl mm. comes back to life we knew she was dying oh. like the whole time yeah. we knew she was changing and it was, it was just yeah. a matter of time you you know that she's sick. They mentioned that she's sick and she's not feeling well. They got to get her to a doctor. And then about what maybe fifteen minutes or so before we see her turned, mm-hmm. the parents mentioned that she was bit yeah. by one of the zombies. And it was like right on her wrist or something because you see it bandaged later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so she, good. Uh, 
She takes that gardening spade to mama. And listen, these zombies are smart. I even texted you. I said, these zombies are smart mofos. Like, the fact that they were, the, the truck, they took out the headlights of the truck. I was like, oh, I mean, okay. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they obviously grab things and do stuff. I think my, my least favorite death was Barbara. Why she says, oh, Johnny, and goes up to him, and then they kind of just take her in. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. But and it plays on her character, though, because that's all she was trying to do the whole time. She was hung up on Johnny and sees him and just kind of gets swept away with all the other zombies. Yeah, we never see her remains. Mm-mm. So, Night of the Living Dead 2, coming out in... Uh, yeah, because that was, that was some gross scenes. And color, by the way, still yeah. gross. Yeah, yeah, by the way, uh, after the truck explosion, the zombies were like, oh, barbecue. Yeah, barbecue. And it, it, you know, they go to, over, to they each throw. <laughs> they pull apart the remains left in the truck and they chow down on I mean, them. I'd, I'd rather eat a barbecue than raw. I mean, let's just be honest here. And and again, 1968. Yeah. So that wasn't really done back then. Hmm. It was good. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for Night of the Living Dead 2. Comes out in uh, 2068. So. Right for that one. George Romero Jr. Jr. is uh, uh, yeah, directing he, that one. He followed it up with all the sequels. There's more? Yeah, so this is Night, and then you have Dawn of the Dead, and then Day of the Dead, and then... Yeah, oh, 1970. Whole... So the, everyone else has done remakes of them all. Yeah. So there was an 80s film called Return of the Living Dead that was kind of a play off of this, but it wasn't. Oh... So is line. Dawn of the Dead the sequel, pretty much? Like yeah. it's the same event? Night, Dawn, Day. Well, it's... it's. Oh. I'm trying to remember the, exactly what the timeline is. But yeah, the, the sequel is like it's... They did Night, Dawn, Day, and then there's... I picked up a box set of Romero movies that is... Uh, I, I might watch these. This, listen. Budget was for Dawn of the Dead, the 1978 one. Six hundred forty thousand dollars was the budget. It made yeah. box office sixty-six million dollars. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Huh. Say you yeah. learn something every day, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> Fun, huh? Right. So I gave it five. You gave it three and a mm -hmm. half. Um. Next week we're going to review *A Quiet Place* too. If you want to go through all of them, you can. Just so everyone kind of has okay. a heads up. Because I did it all, all right, I made her. Jamie said, did you just pick these? And I was like, no, I didn't just pick these. If I just picked these, I would have picked all of mine. Okay? <laughs> None of these are fun. All right? Let's just be honest here. So, so last year, <laughs> Tyler had one movie that was on his list. I hate it. It was Beetlejuice. <laughs> Not Beetlejuice, uh, Ghostbusters. And then this year, <laughs> he had one movie pop up on the list. Yeah. It's great. So Can't wait. You, you can shout that out when we get to it. Um, so, like I said, next week is A Quiet Place 2. Uh, the next eight films that we're going to cover for uh, All Hallows' Eve are The Shining, which is going to be really fun. I haven't seen that one. Hocus Pocus. Watched it when I was elementary school age-ish. Hocus Pocus 2, which is brand new. Mm-hmm. The birds. Excited. I don't. I don't know anything Hitchcock. about that one. Hitchcock. Okay. So we watched Psycho last year. Mm -hmm. And this this time it'll be the birds. Halloween ends. 
which is supposedly the last Michael Myers movie. We'll see. Yeah. A shift. That one's mine. That's the one with the Jamie Foxx. Zombie movie. Uh, <laughs> Scream 2022. Mm-hmm. I think that was a Jamie title. Yeah, that was right. Jamie's. And then Creep Show, which you've never seen. I don't think so. Creep Show is considered. So we watched Trick or Treat last year. I love Trick uh, or Treat. Like, that's a Halloween movie for us, by the way. I know we've, we've talked about that, but. Trick or Treat and Creep Show are kind of considered one and two for horror anthologies. It's a Stephen so, King and a Romero title? Yeah. Huh. That looks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited about that one then. And that's the one we're ending so, on, isn't it? Yeah. So that's the list. And uh, we might. I may see if I can find streaming somewhere because I've got the physical copy. There's a documentary tied to The Shining called Room 237. It's a Room Uh, 237? Yeah. 2012. If you have time, watch that the week we do The Shining. We can do both. Um, On to the news. Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery comes to netflix december 23rd so guess what we're covering the show after it comes out knives out knives out too i'm excited now i've heard i've heard and i mentioned this to tyler pre-show that daniel craig forgot the accent of his character from the first one i don't know if that means that his accents changed in the movie or (laughs) if he just showed up and forgot how (laughs) i forgot what he was doing yeah (laughs) That's what I've heard. Um, Halloween Ends will now release in theaters and on Peacock on the same day on October the 14th. Uh, are we going to try and see that in theaters? Uh, whatever you want to do. I either, either want to do that or do what I wanted to do last year and set up a projector outside and like have a bonfire and watch on the projector outside if it's nice oh, that weekend. Do- so we'll have to see. Yeah. All right, surprise, surprise. I think the same people that were involved with the Halo game are over at DC now <laughs> because DCEU has been delayed again. Shazam! Fury of the Gods has been delayed to March 17th, 2023, and Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom till December the 25th, 2023. Over a year away, mm-hmm. and the film's done. Makes you think, don't it? Why don't they just quietly release them on Blu-ray? Mm-hmm. Or put them on and HBO Max and just say, hey, we're done. Yeah. We're going to start a new era. This is what's in the works right now that we've already done. Same thing with Batgirl. Like, I really hate that we are not going to see Batgirl. I or, think we see it eventually. I think we will. Like, they had, like, a couple of test screen. They had one test screening with all the people that worked on it um, at HBO or DC somewhere. It was a very small little theater they all watched it in so i'm like well yeah that's cool what about the rest of us Um, but the reason these delays are taking place is uh reported here in the hollywood reporter from boris kitt titled dc's kevin feige found producer dan lynn and talks to take control of film tv for superhero arm 
Why is Dan Lin looking so sassy in that photo? Anyway, listen, uh, if, if he can do it, he he can do whatever he wants to do. <laughs> uh, says Dan Lin, the executive term producer who counts hits such as the live action Aladdin, the Lego Movie, and the It horror movies among his credits, is in talks to take the role of DC chief. Multiple sources tell the Hollywood Reporter the role would encompass overseeing not just film but television as well with Lynn reporting directly to Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav, according to sources. The proposed structure would bypass three separate division heads, Warner Brothers Pictures heads Michael DeLuca and Pam Ad- Abdi, HBO, HBO Max chief Casey Bloys, and Warner Brothers TV chair Channing Dungey, and put control of DC in the hands of one person. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walter Hamada, the current head of DC Films, would transition out of the role, according to sources. Warner's Insider says no negotiations are taking place and no official offer has been made, although other sources say the parties are discussing salary, reporting structure, and the future of Lynn's prolific production company, Rideback. Um, so, what are your I'm thoughts? Hopeful, I'm hopeful that this is going to do something good look at least if it's one person's vision Mm -hmm. the problem is they haven't had a good vision over there and then because it's been multiple people they haven't been focused either right so at least with this you're going to have a focused mess if you still have a mess <laughs> I mean, reality is the bar is low. We talked about this before we start recording. The bar's low. I mean, yeah. you don't have too high to go. So, and and frankly, I I don't think Kevin Feige's taken anything for granted. Right. But you need competition. Competition drives excellence. Yeah, and that's what this is potentially going to do. Um. If what we're seeing with these delays and everything, if that's, if this is what's behind it, like he's just like, look, we're rebooting everything, so there's no reason to rush this stuff out. Right. Like, like you said, put it on streaming, put it out on physical media, just say, hey, here's what we did. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going this direction anymore. Cut, cut your losses while you can, and just say, okay, this is what we're gonna do next. Yeah, I mean. Don't get me wrong, it sucks. We've talked about it before with rebooting some of this stuff. It's You've got a really good Aquaman. Mm-hmm. You've got a really he, good And he Wonder really Wonder likes being Aquaman, too. So, I mean... You've got a really good Wonder Woman, too. And maybe they keep those two. Mm-hmm. It sounds like Cavill's out. Yeah. Like he's not going to come back. Um, ben Affleck doesn't know what the hell he's doing. <laughs> depends what day of the week it is. <laughs> one one minute he's like I'm done with this I don't want to play this character anymore and then the next he's like I'll come back yeah for or, a cameo or even keep our pats in there I mean his movie uh, Batman was really well, well done and I'm excited for a sequel I mean they seem to keep going forward with it with the Penguin show coming out too so well, and, and that's the thing too one of your big characters is Batman who has multiple popular versions of that character Correct. out there it already seems like what they were wanting to do. I'm curious if this goes forward. It was almost like they were creating all these different Joker projects because he doesn't really have a setback story, so they wanted to, I guess, make something about a 
each of the different possibilities. Right. You just gotta settle on something. Mm-hmm. We we just we just want something. You know. We have to. Ha- we can't just keep doing what we've been doing with Batman, with no. nineteen different actors and twenty five different stories. I mean, we just can't. Just can't yeah. do that. Not in this stage. I, I would like to see him do what Gotham started, where mm. you follow follow young Bruce Wayne up to the point of becoming Batman. Right. Probably on a show. Well, see, that's what. And then, that'd be per- then that starts his movies off. Like you, we right. we do two, three seasons max of Batman, from a kid, or yeah, coming up to what it's pretty pretty much what Gotham did. Just just kickstart off of Gotham actually. They yeah. say, hey, you want this Batman's uh, story? Watch Gotham. <laughs> that's yeah. what we're going off of. So now, what would be interesting is if they tied if they retroed Pattinson's Batman to, to that, that one. Gotham. Oh yeah, that'd be good. Oh, I'd be down I for mean, that. Why not? Right. Why not? <laughs> Have Sean Pertwee make a cameo. Don't don't give me hope. Cameron Monaghan. Yeah. Oh, that'd be good. All right. Next news story. Wander, Wander, <laughs> Wander Franco of the Tampa Bay Rays. Wander looking. No. <laughs> WandaVision director Matt Shackman and talks to Helm Marvel's Fantastic Four movie uh after playing a this comes from deadline and justin kroll after playing a big part in helping launch the marvel studios limited series wandavision matt shackman may be ready to help launch one of the studio's prized movie properties sources tell deadline shackman is in early talks to direct marvel's new fantastic four pick um i'm down like wandavision was a special point in time i mean let's just be honest so. Imagine that Marvel could not be reached for comments, <laughs> and all they would have done is deny anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm down for it. Fantastic Four's. It's it's a different set of characters where it requires, I think, a certain tone. Mm-hmm that he can reach fairly well right. what we saw in WandaVision. Because uh, at times it is quirky. It is... I'm not going to say necessarily lighthearted, but it's... It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit like Spider-Man. Yeah. And that's why John Watts was going to do it. I was really excited about that, but... I get it. You know, take a break from doing all those back to back to back. I, I 100% get it. Yeah. So. Uh, but we'll see what he does with it. We don't know for sure what the next announcements will be. Mm-hmm. We'll find out next weekend. I, I think this weekend coming up is honestly, I think we're going to get a lot of answers here. Because, uh, I mean, this, it's not San Diego Comic Con, which we've got a lot of things coming up in the future. But I think this is where you hone it down and be like, hey, we know everyone's been asking, what about the mutants or the M-word? What about Fantastic Four? Well, here, here's what we're going to do. Here is Matt Shackman. He's going to be our director. And then, like, oh, speaking of, he's got some announcements with you. And he comes on stage and he says, oh, you know, people have been asking, what do I want to do with this? He goes, really liked uh, Chris Evans in it. And 
you might even have Chris Evans come out, say something. I doubt he's going to be there. But like he goes, oh, I also brought who's going to be in the movie. And they, all four of them show up. Yeah. But Well, they, they did that. And I think it was at, was it at Comic-Con? When they did that with the Eternals? Yeah. And they had them all come out. You know, you had like Angelina Jolie showed up. Mm-hmm. It was It was the whole group, right? That would be something. That's a great photo op for them to be able to right. send out on social media. That, hey, because I'm trying to think. Because because D23s in the past have all been like a a kind of like a digital showcase, and they didn't really have. But I think they're doing it at the parks this year in California. So I think it's. I think they did it last year that way. I know 2020 was the first D23, right? Or not, 2019? It was one of the two. Um, and it was digital. And they just kind of said, "Here's this." Here's what we're showing for press, and then like a black screen for like trailers of things, and then they went on to the next thing, which I'm gonna, I'm gonna be watching the majority of D23 because it starts Friday with there's a games panel for Disney games, which I'm really excited about because all your Marvel stuff is gonna be there. There's rumored Insomniac is going to be there showing some stuff off. We'll see, but I'm not holding my breath for that. But I could see that happening. Um, Probably Spider Man. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm, in, I'm excited to see what happens because it's the first time ever for the games one. But D23 is such a special moment. It's like Comic-Con anyways. And mm-hmm. anyone can watch D23, unlike San Diego Comic-Con, where you have to be there at Hall H to get it all. And so I'm really excited to see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's... I know we probably won't find a ton out, if anything, about the Wolverine video game. Right. But I'd like some sort of an update. Mm-hmm. You know? and, uh, I think if we get anything, it'll be, uh, as far as Wolverine, I could see Spider-Man 2 this Friday at the D23. I could see that happening. Wolverine, I can see we get more at... Um, Video game awards this year. I could see them saying, you know, we do Spider Man and they'll say, hey, you learned more at the video game awards on December 8th, I think it is this year. And they go, uh, and then they show off a little clip it from more, a little bit more of a CGI trailer from Wolverine. I don't think they're ready yet, but Insomniac, though, like they do banging work. So I don't, they're a big studio now. So right. I could be completely wrong. Hope I'm not. We'll see. I hope I am. So. Uh, final bit of news under film. <laughs> the DC fandom has been canceled this year, says Warner Brothers Discovery. Center oh, talk about D23's uh, big Marvel thing. <laughs> then you go to this. <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> this comes from comicbook.com's Timothy Adams. The virtual fan convention, DC fandom, won't be taking place this year. Originally launched in 2020, DC Fandom was a virtual convention that covered DC content consisting of comics, TV shows, and movies, with stars and creators holding virtual panels to discuss their many projects. DC Fandom has also served as the first place fans could see trailers for The Batman, starring Robert Pattinson, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League game, Zack Snyder's Justice League, and more. Unfortunately, Warner Brothers Discovery has canceled this year's DC Fandom, according to Pop Burst, comicbook.com can also confirm the latest update to DC fandom. So 
I have a feeling this is because of the change of leadership. You're right. You'd have to assume. The fact that stuff is either canceled or is um, delayed. Mm-hmm. They really don't have much to go over. Um, I think it would have been a great thing to just say, hey, this, this year's fandom isn't canceled, but it's going to be it's going to be very informative mm-hmm. for the future. Tune in and then just have Dan Lynn sitting there talking about his vision right? and drop a couple breadcrumbs about what he envisions being the first steps. Give people a timeline like, hey, we're, we're going to start this reboot with our first projects projected to come out in late 2024 right. or whatever. I mean, you can even have, like, that's what they do, too, is it's a big comic book thing as well. Like, you have a bunch of the writers and, and artists and things explaining what's going on in the DC Universe comics right now. And I hate that they're not getting that coverage. You also had stuff for CW, although a lot of things have been canceled. Um, but, like, you have The Flash having its final season coming up. You've got Stargirl still going on, which I imagine will be canceled at some point soon, too. You got the Flash film that'll never see the light. Yeah, day. yeah, that's not coming out. Like you still talk about things, but I guess they Discovery uh, Warner Brothers said, "Ah, you know, eh, what I got to do?" I mean, you still have the video games to talk about. They're not coming out this year either. So, or yeah. the one is, but you know, yeah. <sighs> what a time they they could put Ben Affleck up there and have him argue with himself. Yeah, just about what's going on in his head. <laughs> Yes, I'm going to do Batman. No, I'm not. No, right. no, you're. Yeah, yes, I am. <laughs> who who wants to do that? No, not me. I'm not doing it. <laughs> All right, releases this week: Thor: Love and Thunder on Disney Plus on nine eight, and on September the second, the Elvis movie that did actually. I think it made over two hundred fifty million at the worldwide box office, or almost three hundred. Let me see. It is on HBO Max now as we record this so which i'm probably gonna go watch that again yeah it was Uh, good yes i love that movie i'm glad we did that uh budget was 85 million total it made 281.1 million at the box office yeah good for them Good. good returns uh chris video game wise are you playing anything fun or anything interesting just my sports stuff hmm um, heaven into it like I've I've almost I sat there on buy on the Xbox of the Madden game I was like ah, no, I can't just can't do it right now I can't because I'm going to play two games two snaps and like okay yeah I played it and just I need to though like if it if it came to Game Pass I could see myself getting addicted to it because we're in a very dry video game year it's usually on Game Pass right right that's what I, I even noticed that uh, I was looking at yesterday actually They've got 20, 21, and 22, but uh, no 23. So I'm like, that's highly interesting to me. I, yeah. don't, I don't know if there's a deal somewhere where they can't do it for so long, but last year they dropped it day and day, so I don't, I don't know. I have been playing Destiny had a new season come out, so I'm heavy into it right now. And that's pretty much it. Corbett and I played like these hit or miss games, just trying to find something new, but there's not really anything to do. So I think I'm getting to the point where I'm about to go back on my uh, backlog and start completing a lot of that. Cause I don't, I don't think I have a game I'm excited to play about until October. 
which is abysmal. Like, it's just, it, it bothers me. Um, you know, Last of Us Part 1 came out this past week. I'm not paying $70 for that. I'll wait till it comes out on... Uh, remastered, right? Yeah, like completely, pretty much from the ground up remastered. But I'm like, I still play the story, you know. I, I want to play it, yes. But not at $70. Um, um, that's, that's one thing about games that bother me, right, is... You'll have a dry spell like this, and then all the cool stuff that you want to try out, it all hits within like a two-month span. Right. And then you're you're just February, March, with... and then October, November. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't have anything in September. I'm sitting here looking, unless uh, Games Radar doesn't have like updated all the way yet. But from what I'm seeing right now, I don't have anything coming out in September, which I'm like, because I really. Yeah. I'm, I am I need something. I mean, Destiny's holding me up for now. But then you get to October, and I've got, I've got a bunch of <laughs> crap to play. Um, go ahead, go ahead and, and get Madden and just... That's, yeah, and just, just grind out Mutt, you know? And uh, I don't know. It's Gotham Knights comes out October 20th, but that game looks so bad in October. It's like, I don't, a month and a half from now. Yeah. And then Call of Duty Marvel for 2, which I'm, I'll, be, I'll be spending a lot of time in that for at least two months. That's October 28th. So I'm like, you know, I don't, there's not a lot of, and then November, no. you've got Skull and Bones, which I want. God of War Ragnarok, which is going to be a, a big, heavy game, all coming oh. out November 8th and 9th. Uh, the new Pokemon game comes out the, next week, November 12th. I mean, and that, that's pretty much it. Yeah. And then we wait till next year. So, not a, I'm gonna draw. I just, I gotta clear up my backlog. Like I need to beat Cyberpunk. I need to beat um, Near Automata uh, or Near Replicant. Excuse me. There's like games like that. Just games that I've started that I've always wanted to beat and play. I just and got distracted by something else, like Destiny, right. for instance. Just wrecks my life. See, for me next year it's gonna get rough because next year's gonna be terrible, I've, dude. I've, I've gotten I've gotten it. Well, just from a sports perspective, I've gotten into this habit right with MLB. And Diamond Dynasty, and then Madden mm -hmm. and Ultimate Team, right? But next year, as far as I've heard, I, I haven't heard of a change. EA is supposed to also drop their college football. Yes, that's what I've been told too. And that game is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> I don't. I'm like, I can't, when am I going to play stuff? Right. I'm curious to see what they do with that game. Like, do you do you do like a Diamond Dynasty or a Ultimate Team kind of thing on there, or how do you do that? They had. When it was still NCAA back in 13 or 14, mm -hmm. they had an ultimate team type mode in the game. So I'm sure they'll put one. It makes them too much money. Yeah. You know, that, they'll put one in. I want nothing more just to play as Vanderbilt, just actually winning. But you know we're 2-0 right now. So last right. week we were uh, top of the southeast of the SEC or something like that. I mean, you know, just already yeah. number one. So. 65 to 27 against uh, Hawaii. Not a big deal. Um, number one. Enjoy it while you can. I, that's exactly what I'm doing at Christmas. Milking it for everything it's worth. Um, I've only got two news stories here. Nothing crazy here. Uh, Gravity, Rush, Gravity Rush movie in the works at PlayStation Productions. They haven't really said much else about it. Uh, fun little game that's been, I think it was PlayStation 3, the first Gravity Rush came out on. If I'm, I think that's what that was. Right. And then the second news story here, Bioshock live action feature film adaptation of the video game franchise will be directed by Francis Lawrence. He, he also uh, directed 
I Am Legend, The Hunger Games, Catching Fire, and Slumberland, to name a few. And the script is being written by Michael Green, who also wrote Logan and Blade Runner. And Chris, I don't know if you played Bioshock. Phenomenal game. And these yeah. two right here at the helm, I, I've got full faith in them because it's a fun little dystopian uh, game. And it's oh, I might have to replay those two at some point. Uh, notable new releases this week. NBA 2K23 drops September 9th on everything but the Switch and PC. And then Splatoon 3 for the Switch on September 9th as well. Oh, man, Chris, our Halloween movies have started off. We've got our Halloween, our Hallow's Eve movie fest. We've got nine more movies to go through. I'm so excited. I love this time of year, and I can't wait. Oh, I just can't wait. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to this episode of this podcast. Uh, we cannot wait for you to watch and hear our thoughts next week on She-Hulk and um, A Quiet Place Part 2. Uh, don't forget to share it on your favorite social media platforms. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast on whatever podcasting apps you use. Social media, you can follow NerdWide on Twitter at nerd underscore wide. You can follow me personally at Ty underscore Haynes. I post a lot. I like a lot of dumb, nonsense things. You can follow Chris at MavTN7. Uh, if you want to follow us on the Facebook side of things, go to facebook.com and a little search bar, search NerdWide Podcast or just NerdWide will be the first thing that pops up. Follow us either on Twitter or Facebook. That's the first place you'll know when we post our episodes live. As always, this has been this week's episode of the NerdWide Podcast, and we cannot wait to share you with our thoughts next week. Make sure you watch the movies and She-Hulk. Because, oh, and it's going to be a big episode next week. We've got D23. Um, I didn't even talk about the video games. So Ubisoft is uh, announced, well, they've already announced their new Assassin's Creed game, Chris. It's Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed Mirage. And they're going back to the basics. They said we're going back to what the original game was towards and the little screen art that they showed looked just like from Assassin's Creed 1 and Assassin's Creed 2. And I cannot freaking wait. And they said September 10th, we're going to show it off. And it's, uh, it's been rumored that's coming out spring 2023. Another game. Like 2023 is probably going to be the best year of video game history, period. So Is this one, is it going to take 250 hours to complete story I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> God, I hope not. But we're actually going back to the Assassins, and that is what I fell in love with with Assassin's Creed. I, I just can't wait. Anyways, guys, this has been this week's episode of the Nerdwide Podcast. We cannot wait to talk to you about everything next week. Later, guys.